If you enjoy this show, subscribe to youtube.com slash comic pop for even more deep dives into your favorite comics. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland, a mysterious, all-powerful character, but a crusader for law. Hey, everybody, welcome to Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal, and I'm joined today by Josh Williamson. Welcome back to the show, dude. Yeah, it's good to see you again, as always. Good to see you. Come on here and talk about comic books and, and toys and whatever else is going on. That's right. That's right. I, I always love any, any excuse to talk about comics and toys on my comic book toy channel is uh, is, is, yeah. <laughs> is a toy. I can show you. I was telling you before, but I can show you what I got just now in the mail. Before Please, we yes. I got this cool Aquaman toy. Ooh. It's got like, uh, what is this? I like these toys that have these really cool packaging that try to make it look like a comic book. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. This is the whole thing. I guess it was just like an exclusive at San Diego Comic-Con or something like that. My wife got this for me, and it just showed up in the mail this morning, like right before you and I started talking. I got this monster, which I actually did not know was this big until this yes! morning. I have seen that at, at a couple of cons, and each time I'm like, Dude. like a hundred and something. I'm like, yeah, but it's so good looking. Oh, so good. I got it from CheapGraphicNovels.com. I, uh, I ordered it from them. I've known that guy who runs that store since he was like 14 years old. Nice. Um, uh, and then the Deadpool head, which oh, I yay. really was looking forward to. What I want to do, though, is I want to figure out how to, like, program it so I can listen to Rob Liefeld's podcast, but the Deadpool head talks for Rob. But I can figure <laughs> that out. That would be, like, the goal. But, yeah, I'm going to open this up later on today and enjoy some Deadpool head in my office. That is so great. I, yeah, uh, that's what I got yeah. this <laughs> my, my wife got me the Hobgoblin statue from Diamond. Dude, which one is that? Is it, it? What does it look like? I don't think I've seen it's, that. One. It's like this big, and he is—he's on a glider, and he's ripped Spider-Man's costume in half. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's uh, rad. I uh, yeah, I love Hobgoblin. I this morning was looking at uh, somebody posted one of Todd McFarlane's like drawings of Spider-Man and Hobgoblin. I can't remember which one it is, but I uh, I always like Hobgoblin. Um, yeah. he's a cool character. It's funny, like I mean, you know, I like Green Goblin too, but there's something about sure. Hobgoblin always been like fascinated by, and I was actually thinking about his toys and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, no, that's cool. Hobgoblin is rad. It's the thing. Like, I, I feel the same way. I, I, I don't have like my fate. There's no favorite Hobgoblin story. He's just a really fun design. And it's just yellow. It's just orange. It's just orange green goblin. But like, I don't know. Maybe it's the, the fact that the market was so saturated with green goblin, like green goblins is arch nemesis, green goblin, this he's killed his girlfriend. He's, he's everywhere. Hobgoblin's yeah. kind of like when he shows up, it's kind of a special deal and yeah and he looks kind of rad like i just love the 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 orange and the blue it's just a good compliment colors and it's just it's just really like i just dig the design of him more than any story i've read of it's <laughs> well i like all the stuff with was it phil Uric, right it's yeah uh, well i like those so i like green goblin when it was when the green goblin comic book was coming on the 90s i liked that book the one yes. with him and scott mcdaniel um was drawing the, it where he's the hero yeah, that stuff's all cool. It's yeah. so crazy that book ended on a crossover with Onslaught. I know. Like, just out of nowhere, he gets his costume destroyed, and it was like, I guess I'm done. <laughs> That's was, literally that it. Was, that was a time where I was, I was still, I think I was working at a store. I think it was, like, right as I was starting to work at a comic book store when I was, like, 14 years old. It was right around that time that stuff was going on. Yeah. And, um, but I didn't know as much as I know now, obviously. Like, you know, the only resource i had to find out what was going on was wizard but wizard was very selective what they talked about or really yeah and so when that book ended i was like what like this is it this is this this right here in the middle of this onslaught crossover but i like when he came back and he had the hobgoblin costume and he had the uh the flaming sword and all that stuff so i have that 
somewhere in here. I have that toy. Um, of that version, the Hiberto Ramos, like, designed version yes. of it. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah, that yeah. one's really cool. But yeah, Hobgoblin is pretty cool. Actually, so we can start talking about DC stuff. <laughs> right, exactly. Moving on. Yeah, well, we use, you know, Marvel's that, like, palette cleanser. Okay, well, we've talked about all the Hobgoblin we can handle. Oh, yeah, but here's what I want to say about that. If I could steal two characters from Marvel to bring over, it would be... I'm going to say Hobgoblin. I'm going to say three, then. I would say Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. Green Goblin looks like a DC character like it's so crazy sometimes when you look at him like it's fair we look at all the all the like all the marble villains you look yeah. at them very distinct kind of look and there's something very real and grounded and then there's this motherfucker wearing like a green <laughs> goblin costume like, what even is a green goblin yeah like all of spider-man's villains are always like animal based Yep. I mean, and cool. What's that? <laughs> it's like, well, I, I remember my friends on my show always pointed out where it's like he he has a lot of animal based green villains, you know, like Scorpion and Jackal and the Goblin. And the Goblin. I'm like, <laughs> somebody has to tell me what the Goblin is. But Hobgoblin would be one I'd want to steal. And then the other one I think is the most obvious villain you want to steal from Marvel, give it DC, is Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom. I was going to say, Doom looks, I mean, maybe it's Jack Kirby and it just, he looks like he's from the fourth world anyway, but like. Yeah, he's such a great villain, and there's times where it's like, oh man, like he's the one to get. He would be the one to bring over and dump in because he would be so cool. And it's funny because like people try to like, it comes up sometimes of like try to make him, you know? Yeah, like, can uh, we get a Doom in here? Like, yeah, you get that feeling with Black Adam because it's like you know he runs Kondak, and it's like he's 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 a villain, but you know not, and you know. Well, there's Lord. I think his name's Lord Havoc. I'm like I'm trying to not blank on this, but I think it's Lord Havoc. He's from the uh, the other dimension, and he gets brought over. It's all those Marvel villains. Because one of them was like, you know, what I'm talking about because Steve I used do. them. In, Steve used them in JLA a few years ago. Orlando did. Yeah, uh, they were at the beginning. I think his name was Lord Havoc. He is supposed to be like because all those villains from that world, they're all like archetypes of Marvel villains. Exactly. Um, and so he is the Doctor Doom of that. Uh, he even has like a big armor and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that would be the other villain to steal over to, to bring over to DC and try to like mess stuff up. You know, Doctor Doom would be cool. Totally. You know, it, I gotta say, Lord Havoc. It's you know, come on, let's 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 build him up. More with Lord Havoc. I, I he was. I think he was the big bad of that book because I think at the beginning of Justice League uh, of Justice League of America when the Steve did, he's the villain in the first arc, and I think he's the villain in the last arc. I think it came back around to being about him again. Okay. Like, I think I feel bad. I read it all. I'm trying to remember the whole the whole ending part of it, but I think it, I know at some point it did come back around to them, but I don't remember if that was the final issue or not. Right, or if that's just they did that and then they ended it. Like yeah. And they ended it, yeah. Well they also like I think there was a crossover too because they were dealing with stuff. I don't remember. But yeah. Yeah. Comic yeah. books, comic books, comic books. But we're uh, we're in a weird time right now. It's an exciting time. Uh where yeah. uh, in the wake of Death Metal's finale. Uh, everything is new and exciting and there's an infinite frontier in front of us. Yeah. 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 It's, it's really cool. We, you know, last year we started talking a lot about what, how death metal was going to end and what we wanted to do moving forward and how we wanted to do something different from rebirth. But there are a lot of parts of rebirth, obviously that work. Like, you know, I love rebirth. I was a big, you know, totally. It's a big part of like my love DC and like personal to me, you know, like being yeah. there at the beginning and being a part of that story, we wanted to take some of that stuff. The idea of what Rebirth was about was like re-embracing the core and those things we love about DC, 
and then moving forward with it and, and continuing to push the DCU forward. Yeah. Uh, and so that's a lot of the priority right now after Death Metal. And we have Future State going on. But then once we get around to March, when the Infinite Frontier special comes out, and so that special comes out the first week of March, and it has a bunch of shorts in it. Like you've seen what happened with Wonder Woman at the end of Death Metal. So we pick up pretty much immediately after that. Like we kind of, there's a little bit of like, oh, Future State happened and Generations, but we pick up with Wonder Woman. And she's with the Spectre, and they go on kind of a tour of what the DCU looks like. Oh. They go on a quest. They're trying to find something without getting into too much spoilers. Wonder Woman and the Spectre try to find something in the DCU. And in the process of them trying to find that, we get to see what's going on in the DCU post-Death Model, post-Future State. Right. And what we did differently from Rebirth, and we had talked about this before. At one point, it was like, what if just Scott James and I wrote this? What if we just wrote this special and and went with it you know and, and presented here it is yeah but then it was like oh we don't want an epilogue death model. like it, it can't just be an epilogue death model. it has to be something new moving forward and we were like well let's just go out there's all this new talent there's all these people doing these cool books you know working with editorial just have those people write their sections right like if we're doing something with green lantern have jeffrey thorne write it if we're doing something with the new titan stuff you know we have tim sheridan do it yeah you know Joelle's doing stuff uh with yara just have her write those scenes you know so it was like let's get out there and talk to those creators editorial went out and basically you know we wrote uh, a, a structure an outline and james and scott and i we co-wrote this sort of frame device of what it's going to be. And then everyone out there wrote their own chapters. And we got, you know, these great artists to come in and, and do all this stuff. And there's, I don't know, it's really cool. I have three stories, I have four stories in it. There's the one that I co-wrote with the guys. That's the the one piece. But then there is um, a bunch, I'm trying not to spoil too much. Sure, 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 yeah. But there's one that I'm doing, there's one that I'm doing is being drawn by Alex Mayleave that I think will make people really happy. It has a really cool uh, scene in it that I think will make people make people happy. Um, and then I'm doing one with Howard Porter about what's going on with the Flash family, which I think will also make people really happy. Yeah. As a Flash fan, I feel like I had one more thing I had to do. I always say this because I'm like, when I yeah. finished Flash, I was like, wait, you know what? I got to do Speed Metal. That's the end. And I did Speed Metal. And then I was like, wait a minute. You know what? I need to have Wally talk to the Titans. So I wrote that Titan story in last stories. I'm like, I need to have him say something to them and have Donna like forgive him. And, and also I feel like I needed to do one more thing with Donna. And then it was like, and then in War Of, I was like, you know what? I need to have like one more scene of Wally and this like zombie Roy in the middle of a fight together. So I'm going to, I'm going to write that part too. Like I keep doing this. <laughs> and so now there's one more sequence that Howard Porter is trying in front of Frontier about the Flash family and, and about Barry and Wally. And I was like, okay, this one is it. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is the is something I have to do before I'm fully done. And I feel like historically, when you look at people who work on the Flash, no one has ever done. You know, it's like yeah. Mark came back multiple times. Mm -hmm. Jeff has done more Flash stuff since, obviously. Yeah. It's like no one has ever really done. But this is me for now being like, okay, in this sequence with the Flash family, it looks awesome it's an important moment i'm gonna write it so i yeah. wrote that part and then i wrote um trying to make sure i leave everything out and then i wrote a part that john ramita is drawing oh, cool. john ramita jr is drawing right. that will kind of help set up a lot of the stuff that we're doing and you know what's going on in the dcu uh moving forward 
but yeah, man, it's cool. Dude. There's a lot of cool stuff in that book. Like it's really fun watching these creators kind of cut loose and like Bendis has his and actually Jeff, Jeff wrote a star girl one. He was the, I think he was the first person to turn his section. Like, and it was so awesome to read it. It was just like, it's so much fun and it's very Jeff, but it's very much, I think what we're trying to do with DC of being like, you know, things need to be kind of fun moving forward, but also respecting. That's very much Jeff does. You know, it's like all about respecting the past and moving things forward. And that's yeah. a lot of what his story is. But yeah, dude, it's been great working on this uh, this one shot and trying to set up all this cool, fun stuff that we're going to do in 2021 and some of 2022 without getting too into spoilers. But, you know, we also want to talk about, like, I think we wanted to show that the DCU is still united. You know, yeah. sort of like, these books are connected it's still a shared big universe everything isn't like scattered to the wind you know there's nothing as a priority to kind of tell your own stories like you should be able to read a batman story and just read that batman story if you wanted yeah but to feel those kinds of like tethers those little bits of connections between the books that aren't limiting anything but you can feel that it's still connected and there's things going on there and that's what this special it's one of the many things the special was about but yeah man it's been it's been a lot of fun working on this i'm excited to like I think in the next couple of weeks, we're finally going to start showing art from it. Cool. We didn't want to show so much really right out the gate. Like, we, we announced it in December. We had art by then, but it was like, no, let's just show the covers, show some of what's going on. Um, but I was also worried that if we showed anything, it might give away some of the endings to Death Metal, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, these flash pages would have 100% given away the end of Death Metal, so it was <laughs> like, let's not show that. Let's just show this. So I think in the next couple of weeks, we'll finally start showing some stuff, but it's been awesome, yeah. Just like just working with these creators, reading the scripts, looking at the art as it comes in, talking with people, and like you know, uh, talking with Scott about how we were setting it up with the end of Death Metal. Because in the Death Metal, there's a scene in there at the ending where they're talking about how there's two new worlds, there's two new energy yes. sources. He says he's like, well, this is the there's one over here that's the alpha world. And they call it, this is called the else world. But they talk about there's another world. You'll find out what the other world is in uh, Infinite Frontier. They say, oh, good. yeah. So we we start touching this stuff pretty quickly. That was one thing we wanted to do too. Was that like we wanted to make sure that we set up some of this stuff on the table, but then we start touching on it pretty quickly. It isn't like, oh, here's this cool thing. I'll see you in a year. You that's, know, it's that's like very much what we as readers I think have come to expect at this point. Where it's like, here's a really cool idea that we probably will get to. Mm -hmm. But maybe not. And uh, in this, it's like, no, I, the the else world and the alpha world, I'm like, what does that mean? How does that impact the world? I, I really need to know that like as soon as I can. I'm glad to know at least in March, we're going to get some answers to those questions. Get some answers. Well, I mean, how do I put this? I think that we know as much as they know. Uh, no, that's not true. I, I would say we have released the amount of information that the characters know at this point. Gotcha. Right? Okay. But that means that some characters might need to learn more, and there might be stuff about how they learn more. Sure. So that's, sure. you know, we're going to start slowly revealing some of that stuff as the characters kind of start investigating what those things actually mean and how it impacts the DCU and what it means moving forward and all that stuff. So we, you'll actually get to see that exploration and then going out and trying to figure out what actually is happening to the multiverse and how it's been changing and how it impacts and what it means to have these new energy sources out there. Like yeah. instead of us just being like off panel, have a character be like, well, I, I figured it all out. We, we, we want you to go on that journey with them. Right. And that's part of some of the stuff Wonder Woman goes through is that she kind of goes in this thing of like, well, what actually happened? And, you know, she gets an offer 
again without getting too much score she gets an offer uh and she has to decide if she wants to take that offer or not and that's part of her being like well before i do i need to go look at something i have to go find something sure and that's the story of what infinite frontier at least the specials about and then that's you know spreads out into different books and you know there's stuff that happens in it you know there's a the batman scene in it that uh james is doing that scene is super impactful for all the batman books post that like it's like very impactful so things like that you'll see but again it's not like oh it's really impactful in the batman books and then you don't hear about it for whatever <laughs> like yeah. the batman book comes out the same day we'll reference it you know it's going to be really quick cool. part of this is all of us are talking to each other yeah you know it's like when um we were talking about what infinite frontier was going to be we started reaching out to other people you know letting them read what i had written so it's like you know with phil kennedy johnson he's doing the superman section and so it was like he got before he even started a superman section he got to read all the stuff that i had written to see like okay how do i play with all this stuff sure and so when he story it was like oh man this dude gets it like he gets what we're going for what we're doing but even then there's some stuff like you know like uh rom v is somebody who we really like and and you know james and i've known for a while and so we share all that information with him it was actually really crazy a few weeks ago i got on the into a zoom call with him and it was just like all right dude here's all the crazy shit we're planning you know about some of it but i'm gonna tell you all of it <laughs> so it's nice. like on him and him being like oh this is awesome uh this works with stuff i want to do yeah figure out. like cool but also at the same time this is what i said to ron back then where i was like listen if you don't like what we're doing and you have your own story to tell please tell your own story sure. like don't look at what we're doing and be like, oh, I have to be a slave to this thing, or I have to like, you know, oh, well, I guess I have to tie into that. It's like, no, no, dude. Like, if you have a story you're telling, go tell that story. You know, don't worry about all this other stuff. We can definitely, we can definitely like connect if we want, and there's places we can play, and there's ways that we can reference what you're doing or whatever. But you know, go tell the story you want to tell. And I think that's important with all of the different creators that are coming in, is everyone knowing that they can go and just tell the story they want to tell without like weird shit coming at them from above that you're like wait what's happening why but we also try to talk with each other a lot and i think that's one thing that's been really different um the last few months is the amount of communication we've had with editorial with the creators and just being really uh open with each other like now we do these um every month the back group does a, a zoom call with all of the writers and we just talk about what we're doing it's like this was going in my book this is the crazy thing i'm doing what do you is, think about this crazy thing? Is this uh, born out of the uh, the pandemic entirely, or is it something that was always like kind of brewing? Where it's like we really need to come up with a way, like an excuse to like collaborate more often, just just in terms of getting our notes all in the same room. Well, it's weird, right? Because you have James and Scott and I, and we talk every day. That's the thing, right? So, like you guys know each other, but you need to yeah, be able to like that. achieve that even with people who don't like hang out or, or, or yeah, talk. I mean, I, yeah, in our little our little group, we, we definitely want to bring in other people and start talking with everyone. And so sometimes, you know, we go to conventions and we, it's like you pull someone aside and you're like, I'm doing this crazy thing. What are you doing? Right. Like, here's what's going on with me. You should come and play with us. And you know, so that was always the extent of it was at conventions and then it would be the occasional DM and then just sitting at a, you know, like three in the morning in the Hyatt bullshitting about what we're doing for the next year or whatever. Yeah. That was always the equivalent of it. And then there's always this air of like, I'm telling you all this crazy stuff 
some of this might not even happen yet. Right. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. Like, I'm telling you things my editor doesn't even know about yet, you know. But now it's different where it's like, I think everyone's on the same page. We're all talking about the editorial. But yeah, it definitely, it definitely came out of the pandemic. I think everyone getting used to the idea of that. And it's great because it was like before we would do summits, but that summits are a pain at times to coordinate. So, like, I have never been at a summit with Tom Taylor. Like, really? You know, well, because he's in Australia. Yeah, I guess that's true. Over for like us to sit in a room for two days, it, it has to be coordinated with other things. Yeah. I mean, that's part of why, you know, James, Scott, and I would always do summits at Scott's house before every New York Comic Con. We would go up on like Monday and spend the night up there on Monday and Tuesday. And it became a thing where like editors started going to that. Like we would do it on our own. And then it got to a point where we were like always coming up with all this crazy shit. And then we would go to New York Comic Con and be like, Here's all this junk we came up with the last two days. Right. And it got to a point where you could tell they're like, okay, wait, wait, slow down, slow down, slow down. So the next year, it's like they're coming to Scott's house too. Yeah, they're like, why don't we just tell me at the top of the hour? Like, why, why yeah. bring this yeah. all me? If, if it's all happening, like, you know, however many miles down the road, we're just going to go see you on Monday. Yeah, let's just talk on Monday and see you instead of us talking on Friday. I remember yeah. one time there was a summit. It was the, it was the first. So DC does these things uh, at New York Comic Con. Um, they do these workshops on Wednesday before the con where they invite a bunch of creators out and would um, we would all talk with each other but there was always like a guest speaker or two right so like one year it was uh, Grant Morrison and Neil Adams so like the first two hours was Grant Morrison talking and then the next two hours were Grant talking to Neil Adams. So it wasn't like they got swapped out. It was like, you know, and uh, one year it was Scott and Greg. One year it was just Bendis and Dan. And that was the one where I remember it was Bendis's first one doing that. So it's like 2018. And we grabbed him and like pulled him aside and we're like, okay, here's all the stuff we talked about. And he, you can tell he was just like, what like, what just <laughs> happened and i was like oh, i'll tell you on, i'll tell you on sunday i'll call you next week you know and it uh definitely got easier i think once you're having zoom calls and you can have these meetings and you can yes about this stuff and figure things out and talk about it i think it definitely got a lot uh i think it definitely got a lot better uh yeah. with being able to do the zoom stuff and and again like tom taylor and i he's on those he's on those bat ones too obviously because of nightwing yeah, I had to double check myself. I'm like, Nightwing is announced, right? Right. Yeah, no, no, we're good. Everyone's uh, everyone is so freaking out about that Nightwing book, and uh, oh, I know, dude. I told him the night before, people yeah. like, are gonna freak out. Uh, it looks great, and his plans for it are really cool. Uh, I'm really glad he's doing that, and obviously doing Bruno, so it's like even better, you know? Yeah. Um, but he's on those Zoom calls, so it's like being able to be there and and talk with him and listen and and be able to just kind of talk about our ideas and you know being. Um, he was pitching something he's doing in Nightwing and there's stuff I'm doing in the bat office. And I was like, Hey man, listen, like I'm doing something kind of similar that same month. Do you want to try to like reflect each other somehow? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you, know, you know, cause that, that everything has to be a crossover. Sometimes you're just like, Hey, listen, like if this character is meeting this character over here, we can just reference that somehow over here. And that's like a cool little, little Easter eggy treat for people who are reading everything, but they're exactly. not so dependent. You know, so we're able to do that. Um, and then with Infinite Frontier, I mean, with that one, it is a lot more working with editorial, working with um, Marie Javins and working with Jamie Rich and Ben Abernathy. Like, they are the group editors. Obviously, she's editor-in-chief. But it's like they're the ones kind of working with everybody else. And 
you know, I wrote the structure of the uh, of Infinite Frontiers, uh, the special, and came up with some of the ideas for things that are going to be spinning out of it. But that was something that I wrote and gave to them, and then they went out to everybody else. And so with some of the stuff I read, like Jeffrey Thorne's Green Lantern story, I think is really cool. Uh, Bendis's Justice League story is really good. Like all of them are cool, and, and it's interesting to see this kind of like I don't know. I mean, I think I think right now people, you and I were talking before, but it's like people are really hungry for things to move on and they just have fun and get to the next step. Yes. And I guess what infinite frontier is, is about wonder woman saying it, that's it's time. Like it's time to go to the next step. And then you get to go see the stuff. Oh, that's one thing right there. Like Becky and uh, Michael Conrad, like they're doing that wonder woman book that spins out of this. It comes out right after. Yeah. And I have never, I only worked with Becky a little on Death Metal because she did an Aquaman short in Death Metal. And, but I've never really like worked with them on anything. And when they sent in their Wonder Woman script, I read it like really, really late at night. And I was like, oh man, this is going to be awesome. Like they, <laughs> I read, I read their part of Infinite Frontier and I was like, dude, this is, this is rad. Like this yeah. is so cool. And it made me really excited for, uh, like their voice, because Diana's in it, so the voice of Diana in their pages, I was like, man, there's things gonna be so cool. And then, and then you got Trevor drawing it, and he he did last stories, and that guy is so good. He's one of those artists I want to steal desperately. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's funny because like they 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 wanted to put him on something big for a long time, and so he went right from last stories into Wonder Woman, and you can see those covers that he did for Wonder Woman so far. It's so cool. Yeah. When it's like getting to see all that stuff. I don't know. The stuff they're building toward with Wonder Woman next, that's going to be in her book uh, is really, really cool. And you get to see kind of like the beginning of that, but yeah, it's about her kind of recognizing that it's like, it's time for something new. It's time for us to move forward. And it's time for us to really take all these ideas and just kind of run with them. Bit, yeah you know, it's cool really exciting yeah it's yeah. cool because that's like the theme it feels like that's been like the undercurrent of like i don't know the last year and a half of dc's publishing where it's like we got it like from rebirth and everyone's enthusiasm about like the past coming back but really it wasn't so much that as much as it was just kind of moving to the next step of those characters and and, and pushing the line forward yeah. death metal you know, did a did a really good job of telegraphing that like Wonder Woman is like, we've got to go like we've got to just just push on. And now we're seeing that kind of like fully and like it feels like it's it's being fully realized. Uh, and I don't think anything could be more exemplary than future state literally showing you like the future, like showing you like, no, 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 this, oh, is, yeah. this is where it's. Yeah, yeah, this glimpse of these possible things that can happen. Exactly. Like this, is a, this is a possibility of these different futures. You know, it's funny, like, when we go back and, I, you know, I don't think it's a secret, like, what 5G was and all that stuff. I actually personally wasn't working on 5G. I had no, no. 5G books. No, I wasn't. This is that's a whole other story we can get into later. Uh, I wasn't working on anything 5G related. Um, you know, I was really deep into Flash and wrapping up my Flash run and then working on Death Metal but I wasn't working on anything for 5G. But that being said, you know, when I started reading DC comics, when I started going to the shop every Wednesday, like I've been reading it in the eighties, but really when I started going to the shop every single Wednesday was a little bit before zero hour. Ah. And when you look at zero hour and it's like, you know, if you look at the year or two before zero hour, it's like John Paul is Batman. Yep. There's four Supermen. Kyle Rayner's Green Lantern. Green Lantern. 
you know, Tim Drake has just popped up. There's a new, he's got his own book. Like, he's his own book. Lots of whole. Dude, I love sidekicks. I love them. And I think it's something that's been missing for a long time. And so I'm yeah. really excited about, I, obviously, there's energy to get sidekicks back totally. um, with them. But it's like, you know, Tim Drake was a new Robin, had been new Robin for a few years. But here's Bart, here's Connor, you know, here's yeah, Cass, yeah. Young Justice. You know, all these things are changing around. Guy Gardner was Warrior, remember? Yes. How could I forget? He went through all kinds of weird, weird transformations as a warrior. Oh yeah. Well, and uh, I mean, Guy Gardner. Well, you know, guy, guy, you know, Green Lantern to the to just Guy, you know, having yeah. the having the Sinestro ring uh, yeah. Dude, to that warrior. Him, he had a Sinestro ring. Me too. I was like, who's this dude? Like, who's the anti Lantern? And it's like, no, yeah. go back. He was a Lantern. Yeah. And then you you start pieces together, and then he was, you know, I I love Warriors Bar. Like yeah. that issue that Phil Jimenez drew that issue is freaking awesome. I had both versions of it with the gatefold, whatever. Open. I have that book. I have that book too. <laughs> Dude, it's awesome. So it's like all of this stuff, like the DC universe, had kind of um, moved forward in certain ways. It really does. And we spent yeah. a lot of years going back. And what's weird is like a lot of going back was good stuff. Yeah. And I think it was people wanted. I don't know. There's a thing. I probably should talk about this, but whatever. Uh, I have this theory about comics that I find fascinating. And when you look at Death of Superman. Death of Superman, I have my copies around here somewhere. I think they're up here, but um, I might be wrong on the numbers here, so somebody can correct me, but I think Death of Superman is like $1.50. Hmm, I think but so. But Return, Return of Superman is two fifty, <laughs> and I think that is a theme of superhero books sometimes, is like death will cost you a dollar, but resurrection costs you two. And look at, like, dude, Emerald Twilight is three issues long. Yeah. Right? It's like 48, 49, or 50. Yep. Three issues. And I think issue 50 is like double size from like that, right? Sure. But it's yeah, three issues. Green Lantern Rebirth is six and yeah. definitely costs you more money to get held back. So it's always kind of a funny thing of like, you know, people get really, uh, anyway, yeah. Well, and know, even before that, like how many issues was a purple robot walking across the bottom of the ocean during the Return of Superman? Like oh, how yeah. long did it take to oh, bring him back and to get yeah. there? But like, that's one of the things that like we we remarked on a lot. It, it felt like forever, and it's funny. Like I remember being like, I, as a kid, I'm like, this is like how many years is this? Like, less that's, that's what that book was practically weekly because you had the triangle numbers. That's you know? the thing. That's that's part of it is it, because it was practically weekly. But the fact that they canceled those books, there were no Superman books for three months, is crazy. We unfathomable. But anyone yeah. would do that. We we tried it with uh, Justice League. We we wanted there to be this happened a couple times. Where we were like, it would be really cool if there were no Justice League book after certain events, and then just never right. works out because they're like, no, no, we can't cancel Justice League. Yeah, <laughs> like, but we've tried that a few times. We're like, listen, as we want to do, we want to cancel all these books. Yeah, months, like, surprise people, and they're like, no, you're gonna give people heart attacks. Why are you trying to do this to us? So, but you know, I mean, that's why I the idea of sometimes changing things up and doing something different. I'm not against those things. I think it's cool and fun. Yeah. I do think you don't want to like trash the stuff that came before, obviously. And I think there are some situations where I think that stuff has gone the wrong path, you know, sure. like you'll try too hard with it at times. And, well, you know, yeah, obviously I'm not a fan of like the Flash family getting erased for like 10 years. So that's obviously yeah. necessarily happy with. It does not surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> well, the fact that I spent like four years consistently trying to get them back i think is sort of what was uh yeah. my feelings on it um yeah. and my feelings on you know you can you can tell in the work i think sometimes the stuff that i wasn't a fan of but um and the stuff i try to undo in the books but uh -huh. 
you know, uh, I think there's a way and it's okay to do that stuff. And you look at like Future State of Wonder Woman and now the stuff that's going on with that, it's like, I think that that stuff is really, uh, oh, it's cool to kind of do some stuff different. Hey, yeah. on, like, these new versions of these characters. And, you know, also it's like, you know, I'm not sure. Are you a Legion of Superheroes fan? I am not, uh, but okay. not because like I recognize now their inherent value. Uh, I like them. I think the same way like John's likes them, where it's like I like them through the Superman lens as opposed to them being their own characters. Like I, I'm just kind of like, yeah, there's this thing. It's a bunch of hokey characters that all have like ridiculous names and powers, and they're from the future, and it doesn't matter. Like for me, I'm like, Neh. breaking my heart. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I and I because, because if you're a Legionnaire, like you are a f- like then more power to you i get it like, oh yeah but i think what, I, what i'm trying to get to with, with legion of superheroes is that i mean i will agree with you that the the stuff that jeff did when he was doing superman he wrote that legion of superheroes story i love yeah. that story it's one of my favorite like jeff books is that story yeah uh, but with legion of superheroes one of the things we've seen is that like you're the people's favorites are the one they read first right yes. so like i will always be partial to the zero hour legion of superheroes even though i was reading legion of superheroes before that i was reading legionnaires and i was reading a little bit of five-year legion they had a they had a crossover right before zero hour as a part of the zero hour those books and so i was kind of reading it at that time okay but then i didn't have the same attachment to it as when zero hour started because i got to start on the ground zero i think yeah readers have to feel ownership of some of this stuff they feel ownership of the story ownership of the character like that's why some people are so i don't use the word crazed but you can tell passionate i mean i love the passion i'm there too dude i've i i obviously have opinions i don't always talk about them but you know it's like i think that um like when somebody says to me like their favorite green lantern they're all the right answer but it's like if somebody is like i love kyle it's like okay i know I have a I can yeah. guess how old you are, and I can also guess like your your stance on some things. I don't I love Kyle too. I mean, that's why in last stories there's like an Easter egg of Kyle talking to Donna for just like a hot. I second. did see that, and it's like, oh, wow. oh, and that's that's me like appeasing my own ship of them being together, you know. So um, that's my little own little Easter egg of throwing in there. But it's like I caught that. Can, I was like, oh, I'm glad somebody caught that. That's great. Um, but you can tell where people are with what their favorites are. And I think we need to give more of that to people instead of, you know, I don't know. It, it's like, obviously I really like Tim Drake a lot. And right. I have a connection with him because I was reading when he was coming in. So it's kind of like this weird sort of thing. I obviously like Damien a lot for maybe similar reasons. There's other things about Damien that I really like and appreciate as a character. Uh, but Tim, I'm always going to have a, a, a closeness with Tim versus Jason and Dick. Totally. It's weird. It's like the further they go out, the less I feel a connection to. Yeah. It's like I really have a connection with Tim, but then when you get to Jason, it's like I have a connection with him, but that connection is almost more modern than before. Sure. Well, because you've read probably more books with Jason in them when he was alive, like when he was oh, yeah. when he was Red Hood, because they're just they're just weren't enough. Like there's just not like people's favorite jason stories pre-red hood it's like the one where he died and i guess the cult well technically technically it's oh, oh, uh, i know what you have for the man yes it's the supermans but that's, that's pre-crisis jason 
Oh, I know whose parents were murdered, who were eaten alive by Killer Croc. <laughs> yeah, I actually question. wish that was in continuity. Like, that's one of the ones where I still wish was in continuity. It was Killer Croc killed his parents. I think that's such a cool. Maybe but it, it isn't. Is. As far as I know, it isn't. As far as I know, it isn't. I think there's there's little bits and pieces of things that people are like, no, 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 we're keeping this one. You know, like, like Batman met him trying to steal the Batmobile. Yeah. Versus, you know, his parents oh, were. You can, I mean, like the fact is, so many people, including folks who wrote huge joker books recently uh tend to leave out the mom like three people like well that's the and that's the thing i'm not i'm not throwing anyone specific sure 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 i get it yeah all right so when people refer to jason's death they tend to forget his mom was there too yeah yeah you know what i mean so it's like you could just no he was in ethiopia just him and he went there for reasons. It wasn't because yeah. he was looking for his mom. <laughs> because we yeah. could, he was eaten by Killer Croc. Like, you could yeah. fudge it. We could. I mean, you know, there's been times where, where uh, well, maybe we finish this thought and then we'll get to that. Um, sure. But, like, when it comes to Dick Grayson, like, yeah. I have a connection to Dick Grayson. I really like Dick Grayson. And I have my own thoughts and opinions on him. And I love him as Nightwing. Yeah. I don't have a connection to him as Robin as some other people do you know i don't have a connection with him as leader of the teen titans as some people like he is to me like he's a major part of that but that connection is different but i still respect the connection that people have like if somebody is like that's what they when they think of when they there are people out there that were like when i think of dick grayson i think of robin and i think of uh him being the leader of the titans especially now in the tv show and stuff it's like even though he's not even on the show now right so it's like but to me, when I started reading him, he was already Nightwing. And he yeah. was like in that growing stage where he went from having like, well, here's a one shot where he's with Alfred for some reason. And then yeah. here's this like four issue thing. And then here's his main series. And you're able to kind of like, I was there for those steps yeah. to see that moving forward. Well, I was guessing about the history of the DCU. Yeah, James and I have this thing that happens maybe once a year where we start talking about how we want to write a new history of the DCU. And like, we nail it down and be like this is it all right we did it here it is yeah um i know that dan leaked the timeline well he showed it's like a photo of him in front of the timeline you can see like some things but it's like that could literally have been we have the template put in a couple of words print out just that part like it's hard to really pin down what that timeline really there is a timeline let me tell you something I wasn't there for them. I was there for one once. And the people who work on that timeline and built that timeline, you're talking about months of arguments. Oh, sure. In hour long meetings. Like I know the, the person who really put the most work into that timeline and it is, it's wild. It is very thought out. It is very intricate. They really went in there to figure out what they were going to do. I remember a year ago, man, a year ago, like right now, a year ago, I went to the office for a mini summit to go over some stuff, <clears throat> and they gave us copies of it. So I have it. Like, I have it here. I have a digital and I have, like, a physical I'd like copy. like to see that timeline. <laughs> um, and we, we, there was a part of it that I was like, oh, I do not agree with this. <laughs> I'm sure that that timeline would have, would have, would have upset everyone in different ways. Oh, yeah, dude. It was wild. There were times where I was like, Pleasing no one, <laughs> uniting everyone under their mutual. Well, what's funny is that the thing I didn't agree with was one hundred percent. Oh my god, it was like what they should have done. Like you're like I agree. No, no, I was. I, I still stand that I was correct that they were oh, wrong sure. about something on the timeline, and but it became down to personal preference of certain people right. wanting to make sure that something 
had they, they felt as though it's weird right like when you look at a timeline you think um you know how much time has passed in the dc universe between now and rebirth yeah right how much time had passed between rebirth and flashpoint how much time pre-flashpoint did these things exist but within there like right at the beginning you start having these conversations like it's funny when i talk to people and they don't realize that like the new 52 justice league book took place in the past right it took place five that the first arc it was five years ago five years ago right yeah. yeah and so there's these conversations of okay well then what happened in the five-year gap between issue five and six right, right? And then it's like, you start having these conversations about these things, and then it's like, okay, well, that's partially because of what Barry and Manhattan did with Flashpoint and having these conversations. And it's like, you know, you get to some stuff, and there was one piece that they were like, well, I'm not going to say what it was, but they were like, there's one piece that they were like, well, we feel like this piece is important, and we want to say that it happened over a couple of years. And I was like, bullshit <laughs> i was like there was a story point that was like maybe a year long so i was like in our time in our time and i right. was like so you're telling me the whole dc universe did not move for a year except for that one story oh, like no. so it was a whole thing i'll tell you later yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was, I, I, uh, I think i probably guess it but i will uh i'll leave it for the for the for the, for the so for the, you know uh, I mean, I, I will say this, dude, is like, I know I, I joke about this stuff, but it's this, this job is a lot of fun. Like, yeah. it's not my favorite. It's fun to just sit there and, and talk with other creators. And, and James and I, James wrote this awesome Alan Scott uh, story in the Infinite Frontier. And we were going back and forth on it this last week. And um, we were just like talking about like stuff for Alan Scott in the future and stuff in yeah. the And he and I, it was funny, he had pitched me what he wanted to do with it. We had talked about it. It was something we've been talking about for a while. And I was like, we had talked about so much where I was like, dude, you have to write that scene. Like, you have that thing of like, you're writing it while we're talking about it. So I feel like (laughs) you're going to write it. So you should write it. And uh, we were just talking about that part and just going back and forth on the ideas. And you could, it was one of those things where I wish it was live. Like, I wish you could see how these ideas kind of come around and they how they they manifest and it's yeah. really you can see like us trying to move things forward but you can also see our nerd brains at work and being like well actually you know right. like yeah in this comic, have... <laughs> <laughs> like yeah those, those I, comics actually happen internally as well as at your local comic book store or on a, on your you oh, know yeah, on, like sure. trust me these these we're, we're you're still having those conversations oh yeah i mean you know especially with james and i where we're both like we know dc history really really well and so you know we're able to go back and forth with each other and what i don't know he knows and it, it, it's funny sometimes like i think i know a lot about batman and then he'll unleash some stuff and i'm like oh my god I any of that yeah um especially the stuff he worked on <laughs> like there are times where i'm like hey man can you explain all this stuff from the two batman weekly books i'm not gonna reread them all can you just tell me <laughs> and he's like yeah yeah sure i'll explain the whole thing and uh so I'm like, all right cool now i know all right thank you uh i don't want to reread two years of a weekly book again to, to, to figure out this one piece but um you know but there's all kinds of stuff that i know from the 90s and, and before in the 80s and then you start bringing other people into the room and it's interesting to see what people know and what they get excited about one time when we were doing uh man it was so pumped in the middle of the summit we were planning no justice and we were talking about beast boy 
and we started getting this whole thing about Beast Boy, and then we started talking about Beast Boy was a um, star of a TV show, and then one of the younger editors in the corner was like, yeah, he was on that like Star Trek soap opera show, and that shit made me so happy. <laughs> in the room remembered that. I was like, yes, somebody knows what I'm talking about. Somebody remembers that. All right, cool. We got to make one line of Beast Boy making the joke while being on a Star Trek TV show. I forgot what it was called, though. Somebody else can remind me. But he was on a Star Trek TV show, like a space show, at some point. Uh, <laughs> but the fact that somebody else in the room remembered that, I was like, oh, oh, yes, this is terrific. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of that. <laughs> now, what were you gonna say? I was gonna. I just said validation. Like, you know, yes, oh, thank yeah. you for confirming my my nerddom. Is, yeah. is it now? now you, like you and James. You both have affinity for like characters like Tim Drake, Wally, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, you read those books, you've written those characters, but yeah. not in the context from which they came. Like you've never really gotten to. Well, that's not true. Maybe you, but like James, I don't think has ever gotten to write Tim in post-crisis continuity. Like you mean like the off. gap? You mean the gap in between? Yeah, between flashpoint and post. Exactly. Uh, I think he's hinted at in the detective. It's I think been there he's, well, and, and it's and like he hasn't been able to show. I mean, he loves Tim. Tim is. I know. I know. I, I, I want to say it might be his favorite Batman character. I'm be wrong, but uh, yeah. The question is, tell. because some of these characters like Kyle and Tim uh, and Wally, you know, were invented or at the very least like came into their own relatively recently in terms of comic book like timelines. Um, some of these creators, Marv Wolfman, uh, you know, Mark Wade, et cetera, are around the people who wrote those stories and formulated your love of them. Do you ever think to yourself, like, I should just ask Mark what he thinks about what Wally would do? <laughs> like, yes. I mean, I, when I first started working on the flash, uh, I got to go to a signing at, with Mark and a bunch of other creators. And I sat next to Mark, at dinner and one of the signings and I was just showing him stuff on my phone and being like, this is what's going on. We're taking him. Yeah. Oh, this is what's happening. This is rebirth. So this is back before rebirth started, you know. So I was able to sit there and ask him questions and talk about the the internal monologues that Flashes always have and, you know, the stuff with that and why he did so much of it. And I will say I it's gonna be a long time before I write an internal monologue (laughs) in a comic book. I've been doing it for four years all the time because it is such a Flash thing, you know? It is, um, yeah. And that's what I would recommend people working on Flash after me is to not do what I did, not do what Jeff or Mark. Because my run is such a... My, my run is so in love with Jeff and Mark. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's because of my own fandom. And, and maybe at times that was a weakness for me on the book. But that's why I'm always like... Anyone I, I talk to anybody who wants to write the Flash in the future, I'm always like, don't do what I did. Like, right. go... Then I think that's a big part of what we're talking about with Infinite Frontiers is, is yeah. don't just do the thing that's expected like i've seen that book right you know like I'll, I'll i'll give you an example maybe i shouldn't i know there's times where i'm like oh maybe i should write that book but then i'm like mm, i would just do I-, I can tell myself as a writer i can go i would just do what that other creator did right and so maybe i'm not the right person for it or mm-hmm. i gotta take it in such a swerving direction to make it something different i mean you look at like immortal hulk you know yeah you look at books and it's like people are like oh that, that's been done i'm not gonna repeat it uh and that's a lot of what um my flash run is that being said you know i'm very thankful the stuff i got to do in the book and it's like working and talking with uh mark about it occasionally you know like when he read the ending to my flash run uh he sent me a um nice email about it oh like 
read the book because he still reads it. So he sent me a nice email about it, which was definitely like a, you know, a very nice, like, oh, yeah, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right. Because it's Oof. the thing that you're creating, like, you're, you're like Josh Williamson, writer of The Flash, like, you are in the annals. Like, you're in the Flash Museum now. And it's like, yeah, it's super weird. It, it's, it's, <laughs> but it's like, people are going to be like, no one's going to say, you know, oh, obviously Williamson was influenced by Wade. Like you can see the, the you know, it's like, they're just going to look at your run. They're going to look at his run. They're going to look at other people's runs, like John's run. Like they're going to look at all these different runs as their own separate thing. So like, yeah. and I think you've done a nice job of actually separating yourself from those things and just being like, no, this is my voice. This is my thing. Um, but it's also got to be like scary, intimidating and tempting to be like, well, I am influenced by these creators. They are readily available. Like to, I don't have to like write a letter or make a, a long distance call. I can just like, I could just DM them and ask them for their yeah. opinion. And it's like, but must it like, I guess that's gotta be like kind of almost, I don't know, bad. Like, because it's like, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't keep asking Wolfman what he do with Drake or, you know what I mean? Like, or, or, you know, I think it's good to ask their opinions on the characters because they do know those characters in a way that you necessarily won't. Right. Like, like so if it's something like, like Flash, I, I can talk about Flash all day long, right? But it's like, so let's say like Godspeed, you know, I created yeah. Godspeed. I, I, that's a character I obviously have a big Your guy. For. Yeah, it's my guy. So if somebody came to me and asked my opinion on Godspeed, I would give them like, here's all this information. Here's where his head was. This is why he did what he did. This is all the, the, the below the subtext stuff that I never talked about or we never really revealed about him. But like, here's all this stuff about him as a character that you need to know this information, but you now have that information, go run with it and do something different. Sure. Like go play and make it your own and, and try to find a way of not only giving yourself ownership of it, but giving a new reader who comes into it ownership of it as well. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. Like if I was working on something that Grant created, I would just email Grant and talk to Grant. You know, Grant loves to talk about comics. And so he would unload, I mean, some of uh <laughs> After one of those workshops where it was Grant, Tom King and I went over to Grant, and I, I've met Grant a couple times as like you know waiting in line for his autograph kind of Grant, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. Actually, right after the Matrix came up, came out. Right after the Matrix came out, I was in the Hyatt at San Diego Comic Con, and I straight out just walked over to him with a drink in my hand and started talking about video games, and got into this whole conversation with him about like MMOs, all this stuff. But again, I was like an annoying kid. I think I was, I mean, I might've been 20. Okay. You know? So uh, maybe like, but you're, I was definitely like, you know, you know, younger than I should with the fake ID. And the high <laughs> I was like talking to all these creators being annoying and trying to talk to Joe Quesada about working at Marvel when I was in no position or ready for that kind of thing. Oh, you've um, done that too. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, I've done it to all of them. Like I, when I was, especially in that time period, I would go to whoever, but, but Grant, I had met a couple times that way, but uh, this is my first time meeting him as like, oh, I write comic books. Yeah. I'm, I'm a writer who does these things. And me and Tom went over and Dan introduced us to him and, we started talking about Batman and Flash because that's what we were doing at the time and right. getting his thoughts on Batman and Flash. And it was so wild. And that like brief little moment of talking to him, he said so much stuff. Both Tom and I were like, oh man, I'm going to use that. Like, <laughs> right? like, oh my gosh, you know, when things that to this day, you'll, so I don't get too much, almost gave something away by accident. Oh. Uh, but there's things that are coming up that you'll be, there were things that I got from Grant then that I'm wow. like, oh, right those are things that we should be doing and yeah 
you know, it's, it was, it's really interesting. I don't know. It depends. Like early on, the early, early, early on, you know, I did talk to Jeff obviously about flash stuff and, you know, it's his favorite character. So he obviously had like wisdom to impart to me. And but he also, but I've known my very first interaction with Jeff was when he had just started writing it. I mean, I told this story before. It's like when I first met him, he had just started writing flash and it was a San Diego comic-con and I walk up to his table and there was nobody there because this is the very beginning of his career you know stars and stripes is the only thing that's really out and a couple little things here and there but he was only like three or four issues into flash and i walked over and was just like yo your flash is awesome love it because i was just a hardcore mark wade person yeah. and i was still in that zone i was young enough to be like mark wade is it anybody after sucks yep and then you know to get to grant stuff be like oh man this is great uh you know the end of his first issue where captain cole punches that cop and you know like there was such an energy to it as i went and talked to him so he that's my my first interaction with him is me saying oh i love your flash and so he knows that he remembered that we, we've talked throughout the years and so he knows me and so uh when it came time for me to have the job it's like so he he recognizes that i know who the flash is i'm not just a person off the street and, right you know so he's able to but he's still able to be like okay here's all the stuff that that i worked on things i need you to know and, and this is stuff about his character cool. i don't know i mean that stuff's definitely available i mean if you're able to go out and just like bs with someone i will say dude like as a, a nerd of hmm. the uh 90s dc stuff there was a moment this happened a couple times this year but there was a moment. So Dan Jurgens, so Dan Jurgens drew the layout for the Infinite Frontier cover, right? So yeah. he and then Mikel came in and did the finishes for it, right? That moment they're all looking to the side and it's very supposed to like very new frontier influence, very Darwin influenced. Yes. But very like that was this. Now we're you know take that idea of it and also because I think a lot of us we just love Darwin so much and we love yeah. you know new frontier so much that it was like if we can do any kind of homage to him and you know so it's it's this thing so. Dan was was drawing it and so we had a couple of zoom calls with him and editors just kind of talking about what this cover was going to be and you know I gathered all this reference and, and they gathered a bunch of reference but one piece of reference got mixed up and so he but he caught it he realized oh in the document it says this but the art they sent me is this so it's sort of one of the newer characters okay he was like I think this is wrong and he texted me about it and I was texting with, with Dan Jurgens, and I'm like, okay, here's what I'm thinking, blah, blah, blah. And then he just called me, which we've talked on the phone a few times before, but he just called me. Mm -hmm. And he and I, you know, because I was working on Generations in the very, very early days of Generations. Oh. I was working, um, and then I was working on it all the way up until, I don't know, I want to say July. Um, mostly only that first issue. Mm -hmm. I, you know, that, that first issue and the overall structure of it, but it just got to a point where I was way too busy, and there was there was no way I yeah. keep. Yes, yeah, so July. It's July. I was like, there's no way I keep working on this. It was way too busy. Um, so I've worked with Dan in the past, and I've talked, and we, you know, sat across from there at dinner and stuff. But he called me, and we just started talking about comics and story. And I started talking about Justice League with him and his Justice League in the past, and you know, working on Superman. And then it was like just asking questions. Like, you know, we're talking about the cover, but then we started talking about other characters and characters he's created and some business stuff and some advice stuff from him. And when the call was over, you know, I went to James and I was like, man, it's so wild that we're in this position. Like yeah. that was, I, I was saying to James, I'm like, dude, it's so great 
that like how how did we get here right like how you know and i've known james for a while too i mean we both were working at dc when we first met so you know uh, i met scott when i met scott the day american vampire number one came out um so we've all been like in this so it's not like we're like childhood friends or anything like that no but kind of in terms of like like career-wise you know it's like yeah yeah so we've known each other we've talked and shared and obviously yeah. i mean james got to know each other for a long time yeah you're talking about you know a lot longer than i've known those guys um and so there was just that moment of that and then looking at what we were even talking about you know it was like looking at the fact that that i'm talking to dan jurgens about a cover he's drawing for a one shot that is gonna basically launch this new section of the dcu yeah but also just like talking to him and it was like it was so weird like i remember buying i remember waiting in the rain <laughs> to buy return of superman you know i remember i got i got uh death of superman i didn't get when it came out because it was sold out but my dad got it for my birthday like right after like a few weeks oh. later you know and it was like I was so pumped up. I had like read a friend's copy of it and then he mm-hmm. gave me my own and I was able to just, you know, open it up. But then I remember waiting in the rain, going into my comic book store and they had these um, tables set up in the comic book store. There were all the copies. Cause I don't remember, but it was like issue 500 came out, but then all the, the four others came out on the same day with yes. the die cut covers, yep. which is so crazy. They all came out on the same day. They weren't like staggered it, which would, we would do now. We would stagger them. Well, I think we would stagger Although, if you look at uh, the release of Death Metal, you got like what five Future State books on the same yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we had tried. We had hoped that Death Metal would have come out the last week of the year. Like, right. but I'm talking about like the very, very beginning of, of like once the schedule started to shift because of the pandemic. That was one of the hopes. But then we just looked at it. We were like, there is no way that's happening. Like, no. we don't want to rush anybody. So it was okay that it came out the first week of this year. Yeah. But I think that's good. Uh, there was a hope on that. Because it's like you see like the patchwork scene in Death Metal of the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can literally pick up the pick up four or five of them like right now. <laughs> and it's yeah, like well, it's really cool. you can do the same thing. But it's like, you yeah. know, I remember going in there and buying that stuff. I remember buying those books. Yeah. You know? Yeah, standing in the rain, waiting for the shop to open, and then letting us in and me just grabbing like so many copies you know <laughs> regular cover die cut cover oh there's this return of superman copy but there's this one in a white bag and like i gotta buy one of those just you know buying as much as i could and i was being like you know super pumped about everything i was picking up so all of that and then to fast forward you know like 30 years later and i'm sitting here talking to andrew on the phone about a cover and all this stuff and there's definitely a uh yeah it's like and i think james and i were talking about this yesterday where it's like, you know, we started talking about metal in 2016, like the same month. We already knew it was coming, but I remember in July of 2016 being like, okay, what is metal? Right. And then right when metal is over, being like, okay, what is death metal? And having these conversations for nearly four years to know that that story is over now. And it's like to know that we're done with that chapter, that story, and we're moving forward with a much more fun and adventure-like driven DCU and leaving the Batman Who Laughs and all that stuff behind us is crazy. Yeah. Like to think, you know, sitting there and having my notebooks full of here are all these ideas, here are things we're talking about, all the whiteboards, all that stuff over the years, and just being like, there was a time 
where like okay so that scene of batman who laughs fighting superboy prime yeah we came up with that in 2018 wow like we were at when scott and i went to it was a crazy weekend he and i flew to orlando to do a convention for one day to we both flew to orlando did one day then we flew to phoenix oh my god to meet with james and do a convention with him for two days and then we went home <laughs> and that whole thing was was crazy but in that we went to orlando first and i had breakfast with dan and i was like we started talking about the stuff we were doing we wanted to do and he that's where that was well batman superman was planned almost like six seven months before that but the idea that it would tie into the batman last stuff started there right and then when you get to by the time we got to phoenix i remember the three of us having dinner and we were just like going on this whole thing about batman who last versus superboy prime <laughs> and so you think like that's how long we've been talking about this stuff and that just came out like two yeah. or three weeks ago and then they about it's it's wild that we went through this crazy adventure and we're basically running and, and bouncing around ideas in tcu for this many years and then yeah. boom, here you are. it's it's super nuts dude i mean it's it's definitely crazy one time um that kind of stuff is nuts dude one time bendis came to my house i was just looking at my office to remind me of this <laughs> one time bendis came to my house and um he was looking around at stuff and and uh, it was him and sam humphreys and david mack and they came to my house and they came to my office and we were looking at stuff i was showing original art they were looking at all the toys all the stuff and we were just like bsing about it and um bendis was looking at all the comics and hardcovers and being like what's that what's that and i was like this, this, this. and then i remember um the next day i've been a couple days later uh matt rosenberg came over to my house it was thanksgiving weekend that's why everybody's in portland so ah. rosenberg came over to my house and he comes to my office and he's looking at stuff and he was like wasn't bendis just here like a couple days ago and i was like <laughs> yeah and he's like where are your bendis comics at <laughs> and i was like oh they're right over here but they were kind of like hidden away because i had them at the time like you kind of is my my old office they basically were right here but they were behind my chair so it's like i have all his marvel stuff right here yeah but down right around here i have all the powers and i have jinx and goldfish you know and, and all these things <laughs> over here but they're behind my chair yeah, he never saw that i was like oh my god was he in my office looking for his books like was he like <laughs> Well, yeah. like, this dude has nothing of my work yeah, he has like, all oh of this stuff there's so many like there's so many books in here what a range. what's that what a range of things and 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 all my contemporaries yeah. and none of mine none of mine which was crazy because he knows that i like his work and he right. knows i mean he was my my teacher at psu so it's like he he knows there's no secret there i mean again he's somebody i've known forever like i remember powers number one came out um getting assigned at a convention and stuff and, and i got the powers coloring book back then and, <laughs> you know it, it, it like so he like we know you know when i first moved to portland uh within the first week valentino introduced me to him but he like knew who i was right you know i think once you it, it's funny like when you're now i'm on the other side of the table you definitely recognize the people that come to your table every convention and learn mm -hmm. their name start talking and the ones that are like i want to write comics you always remember them like you can start talking with them and stuff so 
but yeah definitely i remember being like oh no where could he think that i just like have none of his stuff in my office i have everything else i have all these things except for his um (laughs) but you know yeah it's it that's another another weird oh no talk with them about stuff they worked on and talk about you know what their thoughts are on certain things and oh, yeah you get to hear real stories about stuff and uh one time i was at dinner this big dc dinner it was like a long ass table of people and i was sitting next to jim lee and i straight out was just like yo can i ask you like a ton of questions about <laughs> like nerdy stuff yeah and then at one point i asked him a question that was like really insider baseball and he couldn't remember the answer but it was something more um I asked him a super gossipy question, not even a, like a business. I asked him a super gossipy question. Yeah. And he was yeah. like, you know, I don't remember the specifics of that, but let me ask Bob. And then he yelled my question to Bob Harris <laughs> on the other end of the table. And this is definitely a question that like should not be like yelled yeah. across at dinner. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I was, but, uh, you know, I'll definitely take those advantages. One time, Bendis, I was in the middle of reading Secret Invasion, and I started asking, I started texting him questions about Secret Invasion. Who's a scroll? Uh, this is recent. Well, this is recent because I was like, I was rereading it. Oh, I told you before we were talking, I was rereading Avengers, and I, uh, I got to the Secret Invasion parts, and I started just texting him questions and being like, "Hey, man, so when this happened in Avengers, like, what were you thinking about with this, and were you planning this?" and and he wrote me back, and he was just like yo we have other things to talk about other things to plan <laughs> like, we have our own like stuff to plan right now yeah. uh, and i was like all right yeah yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. I, but yeah. no really what happened like, right but yeah no that's totally fair and, and let me ask you this about superman but really quick though yeah who was who was gonna who, who'd you change like right away yeah um, yeah and, and was it always planned what was this an electric yeah. park no i mean i really? think what i was actually asking him was more logistical like how do you plan something like that and how did you plan it so far in advance and the answer yeah. really was summit like marvel's been really good about summits they have a regular consistent thing where dc didn't necessarily operate that way for a long time like we were talking about before it's different now like we're all talking much more now i think yeah. post rebirth there's been a lot more conversation and a lot more of people kind of knowing each other and, you yeah. know when you had a time where it was like i was writing flash scott was writing justice league tom was writing batman there was yeah. definitely a lot conversation going on sure um you know so yeah comics 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 but yeah dude i mean dc's really interesting next year and it's like i have a lot of books i'm i'm technically writing like five books for them right now but none of it's been announced that's the thing i was so, like <laughs> for the show i was like okay so we're gonna talk about infinite frontier i'm gonna roll this out with what you're gonna be talking about because remember you telling me you're like i'm doing all these books and i'm like let me just let me just make sure i got the, the titles right okay co-writing in frontier number one nothing has been announced <laughs> yeah nothing has been announced like we're, we're close to a couple i think by the time infinite frontier by the time infinite frontier uh zero actually comes out i think by then three will be announced by okay. then and the other one will get announced like maybe a little bit right after that mm-hmm. and then the other one i have no idea when that's gonna get announced there's there's a project I'm working on that is really like a long-term, it was actually something I pitched at the beginning of Rebirth hmm. and uh, they liked it, but there were like, not issues with it, but it was something that was like, we can't do that for these reasons. And I was like, all right, cool. And then 
don't know when this was, maybe in the, the spring, somebody came in and was like, you know, it came up in a meeting. That story you pitched, that came up in a meeting. Would you want to do that now, but do it as something else and do it like this? And at first I was like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. And then like a month later, I was like, no, no, I do want to do that. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't figured it out. So I'm doing that. And that's like really a laborious project because it's very different than anything I've done at DC, but it's very in, intensive. Um, every issue is oversized. So it's very much like a different thing. Um, this this sounds like I was going to ask you, where is the Josh Williamson Black Label book? Where's the dude who wrote Birthright and, and, and Nailbiter? Yeah. yeah, I definitely have uh, Black Label stuff. That's what I'll say. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that was something, you know, I think that doing Flash, getting that kind of book out of my system, now it's about doing other things. And, like, everything else I'm doing will not be the kind of book that Flash was. Like, Flash is a certain type of book, has yeah. a certain type of pacing. It was also double ship. So there's all kinds of things that went into that book. And there was also an energy to doing a Flash book. And there was expectations because it came out of Rebirth. Right. And what Rebirth was. Like, Flash, we we kept those themes of what Rebirth was all the way until the very end. Yeah. You know, so we were very much, like, consistent throughout our entire run. Whereas in all this I'm doing next will be very different. And I think people who do, like, Nailbiter and Birthright and Ghosted, you're going to see much more of that. You know, you're going to see books like that from me in the next uh, few years with DC. But yeah, we'll get we'll get closer. And there's some books I'm doing that are just gonna be fun. Just stuff that I'm like, hey, can I do this? And I'm really fun. I'm like, yes. And then some will be much more continuity driven things that'll be like, oh, you wanna know where all these mysteries from Infinite Frontier are? Well, here, here they, they are. are. Like, you know, so we'll we'll definitely be carrying some of that stuff forward. But yeah, it's pretty wild right now. Like it, it it's funny. I, I think part of it was because I was wrapping up Flash and I was so like it was such a priority for me to make sure I did flash a certain way and wrap it up. But then I was so involved with death metal yeah. that it was like that, you know, like, you know, and then I have create your own stuff I'm working on. And it's like, there was just so much we're ending birthright. So it's like with the planned ending. And so it's like finishing that it was just so, so much going on. And then, you know, I was working on, I did ended up working on future state, which I wasn't going to at first, but, I love the Justice League, so it was like, all right, cool, do you want to Justice League? And I was like, sure. Um, can I do this? You know, can I do these things? I'm like, yes, go ahead. So, you know, that's part of why it was like, I don't know, I had this conversation with Marie, and we were talking about, it was the week that Flash uh, ended, and we had this whole conversation about what I was doing next, and, and my, my, my slate was already full. You know, I knew all the stuff we were working on, and she was like, you know, you got to do things that are unexpected. You can't do that next step. But also for me, like, you know, I have stories for all these characters I want to do. I have, a, I have a very specific Superman story I want to do. I have a very specific Aquaman story I want to do. I have a very specific Green Lantern thing. But I also don't believe in the, like, you just, just jump from one character to another just because it's, like, your turn, you know? Yes. It's like, yes. you do see that sometimes. Your creators are just, like, moving. Oh. Oh, I've done my run on that character. Now it's time to do my run on this character. And it's, like, that isn't who I am. Like, if I don't have a story, I'm not going to just, and yeah. it's funny. Once they, once I start talking about it, then you're always like, well, I do have a story, but you know, I have, I have certain things I want to do for all of these different characters. A lot of them are shorter. I don't think I will be doing a hundred issue run anytime soon, but it's like, I have these things where I'm like, okay, I have a 12 issue run for this. I have a two year plan for this. I have an idea for this and two years now means 25 issues, not 50. No. You know? So it's like, <laughs> you know here are these these things i want to do with these characters and it's like you know there's there's little bits and pieces of things 
from Rebirth that I still want to play with. I guess the best way to put that. Uh, so there's little bits and pieces of things that I'm interested in. But when it came around to it, it was like, and this is part of why I wasn't working on anything 5G related. Was right. It was like, I don't want to just do stuff just because, you know, it's like, yeah. I gotta, I gotta really want to have that passion for it. And if I don't, cause I know myself and if I'm not obsessed with something, like this is what happens with there's, there's been a couple books. You can tell that I wasn't obsessed with it when I was working on it. Like with flash, I was obsessed with it. Right. You know, um, like with, I'll just say it like just sleep odyssey was a book I enjoyed working on. I was not obsessed with. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of why I left after five issues. Good. It's like, because then I became obsessed with this. And then it's like, you know, the books, everything I'm working on right now are all things that I'm obsessed with. And so that was in, important to me when it came to 5G, when we started talking about it, of me being like, if I'm not obsessed with this thing, you know, with this particular character or this thing, or if they're presenting a story idea to me and I'm just not like obsessed with it, then what's the point? So that's part of why all my announcements are like later in the year. It's yeah. just because it was like, I had to be obsessed with these things. And then also I needed a bit of a break. Doing double shit flash was hard. Like a flash yeah. every two weeks for five years yeah. was because the thing is that like I started in November of 2015 wow. working on Flash, so it ended in September of 2020. Yeah, you know, so it's like it, that was, and I was still like, I, you know, obviously I wrote Infinite Frontier back months ago, so I was able to write that last scene that I wanted to do. Yeah, uh, that you'll see in Infinite Frontier, but it's like me working on that book it was so intense and it was so weird and then also having to get back in a rhythm to like to know that no matter what happens every two weeks i'm writing a flash script no matter what that is my life like i could do all this other stuff but i know i have to do that every two weeks because i don't want to be fillers and i don't want to be late i don't want someone to come in for an arc you know I <laughs> yeah. it, you know or come in for an issue or two you know i, I want to do every issue so um but when that went away and then it was like, oh, here's, it's like getting that ball rolling again on a bunch of other new stuff. Totally. Like, I need time to do this and to figure these things out. And Yeah, man. But we'll get there. There's a bunch of cool stuff coming. I think that people will be surprised by some of them. Some of them are not going to be surprised by. I think it's obvious. It's but fine. there's other things I think people will be like, he's doing that? And I'm like, yeah, man, just have some fun. Let's just <laughs> have some fun for a minute. Um, and there are other things that are much more like, okay, that makes sense. Right. But, yeah, we'll well, you're, you're setting the tone, man, because uh, I got to tell you, like DC has done a pretty incredible Herculean, you might say, job post death metal of getting folk excited, given, you know, yeah. like the, the changing winds and and how, uh, you know, the kind of like how everyone's been feeling in the general like, you know, malaise over the last year. And, uh, you know, now it's like future states here. People are digging it. You know, like it's got it. There's like literally a book for everybody. Uh, Infinite Frontier promises a lot of interesting, really like, really bright stuff that everyone's looking yeah, forward yeah. to. There's, there, I don't see any real genuine cynicism regarding that. Oh, I'm sure there's some, <laughs> but it's like manufactured. I, I feel like it's manufactured at this point, where it's like, well, I, I, you know, are you a TNG guy? Do you, uh, do you, yeah. do you, oh, uh, yeah. do you remember Picard's speech to to uh, O'Brien about anger? And I was like, I know you do everything right and still lose speech. And still lose, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, but I think yeah, you're not losing. That's the thing. I think uh, in this case, it's like when one's been angry for a very long time, they get accustomed to it like old leather. Yeah. And uh, it's like if, you, if you're just like used to the comic book industry being shitty, you know, you'll find a reason to like hate it. Oh, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I fall into that sometimes. I've definitely been that person at times, you know. But now yeah. I think as I've gotten older and, and kind of seen some things differently, I guess, I just want – I don't know. I do think that right now where we're at with it is definitely about, like, more positive. You That's know, the thing, yeah. Fun with things. And, and I think it's interesting when I do look at kind of the conversation that's taking place. I like – there is a hint of – well, first of all, one of the things that makes me always happy is when I see people talk about the characters or talk about the story mm-hmm. and they're engaging with each other. And even if they're arguing, it's like, that is awesome because yeah. people are happy. When you can ignite that passion in people and yep. they're talking about these characters and talking about the story and there's a hint, a hint of unpredictable in there. And I yeah. think that's important because it's like, if you can kind of guess everything that's coming and you're able to figure out the moves, like, listen, like I love um, PKJ, but I, you know nobody knew he was doing superman until nope. that was an act, right <laughs> yeah so to me that stuff is super exciting like yeah. to me and that's one of the things about all these new voices that are coming in it's like and i think that's something we were just talking about is that you know there are certain creators you're like i know what that book's going to be like and i can kind of predict predict it yeah i like that we're kind of coming into this spot where it's like there's going to be some wild cards in there and you're going to kind of be like it, it, it creates uh, an air of excitement for the books and for dc and i think that's what we'll get when they read infinite frontier yeah. there's going to be some stuff in there that you're going to be like what does that mean where is that going to go that's cool oh that's that's a dynamic i haven't seen before right. like one room in the specter like i've never seen that, that hand, really. you know it's like it, seeing those kinds of of relationships and, and i think seeing them and what they're doing and just what's going on in the books i think it's i don't know man I, I think it creates an air of just at least a conversation totally about what the books are and a and little bit less of the sky is falling right um, you know i mean I, dude i was working at a comic book store while filed for bankruptcy and i remember coming into work and finding out at work and being like because i was i think i was 16 when it happened mm-hmm. so i remember coming into work and being like wait does that mean i'm out of a job like right. i remember being like what does this mean exactly? And and the people that were in the store were just like, the sky is falling. Like this is it, it is over. Comics are dead. All this stuff because of that. You know. Yeah. I remember. You know, it's funny. I I always joke about this too about how like I remember then when I was working at the comic store in high school, people would be like, oh, kids don't read comics. Kids don't read. The only audience is. 30 40 40 50 nobody's reading it i'm like i'm, I'm standing right here right <laughs> like i'm literally standing in this conversation with you and then you get to the 20s and people are like nobody's no kids are reading comics but then you're meeting people in their 20s it's so weird right like when you no, get to this different stage right that is exa- like literally 35 years ago people were like people in their 30s are reading comics and then today like literally today you hear people say the only people in their 30s are reading comics and it's like n- don't you notice, like, you're not seeing people in their 70s reading comics? Like, no, no, no. Here's, here's where we're finding out. The, the great conspiracy here is that if you read enough comic books, you become immortal. And then you stay in that. But there's also, I mean, it's, it's funny. Like, I noticed this a lot lately. It's it's really interesting how people kind of, either you age out of something or you don't. You yep. know, and I think comic people kind of hang on to things, which I do too, obviously. Like, I hang on to stuff. But it's funny how there are times where I'll see this, these conversations or somebody will ask me a conven- at a convention and they'll be like, I'll have one person in line come to me and they'll be like, listen, don't make comics like they were 30 or 40 years ago. <laughs> you know, do something different. And I'm like listening. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And they go, but they need to be exactly like they were 15 years ago, <laughs> right? <laughs> or 10 years ago. And I'm like, 
ah, uh, that's the same argument. Like, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know, but I, I think there's a way of, of doing this stuff and embracing it and just having fun with it and moving forward with it and being respectful. I think that's a big part of it and being respectful yeah. with the characters and, you know, having characters act in character. Um, but those characters can still grow. Like, I, yeah. characters go through these motions. If we, you know, you look at Wally and who he was pre-Wade, pre-even his Flash number one, yeah. he's a completely different person when you get to Wade. And then when you get through Wade and you get to Jeff, he is a different person because he grew as a character. Which is what I think is interesting about about that particular character and why I think people love him so much and why I love him is you kind of grew up with him, right? You got to see him go through these motions. Um, I think one of the reasons why Wally's had some challenges is because the end of Jeff's run is so perfect. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of why ever since then there's been all these like ups and downs. There's other reasons, obviously, but you know, I think that's part of the challenges of his character is that that ending to Jeff's run is so perfect. Um, But these characters do go through these motions. And I think that's important for these characters to do, you know, um, Tom and I were talking about this a couple years ago where I was joking with him about like, you know, who's being in a room with people at a convention and being like, who's your favorite Robin? And they all raise their hands and like, Tim Drake, Tim Drake. And I'm like, Jason Todd died for your sins. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that character exists because that one went away. You know, yeah. it's, it's such an interesting uh, dynamic. I don't know. I, I think there's a way of playing with this stuff and it's always growing and always evolving. It's always changing. And I think future state, you can see that people are hungry for some of that stuff. And I think with infinite frontier moving forward, next year is wild, dude. There's, there's stuff. There's a lot of really big things coming. Like I have a, in my notebook, I have a thing that's like, here are all the major events in the DCU. And there's so much like really cool, big things that are coming. And I think will surprise people. And like we were talking about before, it's like, they're, they're going to be coming, I think, faster than people will realize. Sure. And uh, I think we're definitely going to be striking when the iron's hot in some places. So I don't know, man, it's going to be really interesting. But yeah, Infinite Frontier is kind of the beginning of that. And I think people will be it's not, it isn't just like a repeat of what was done with Rebirth, you know? Yeah. It's really going to be its own thing. It's its own special, but, you know, those themes, those ideas, and, and it's being created by people who genuinely love those characters and want to see those characters grow and, and, you know, go to new places with them. And But at the same time, like, respect the core of those characters and the things we love. I mean, yeah, it's wild when you talk to like, you know, you can tell like James and I clearly love the DCU and it's, it's, you know, we definitely have conversations about this stuff. So I think if you are worried about Infinite Frontier, you really shouldn't be, I don't know, maybe you could, maybe you should. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think it's, I think that that tone, that feeling, that undercurrent of hope and uh, like, Mm-hmm. is felt and i think the audience is responding to it and i am I'm, I'm excited i'm 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 genuinely like this is cool i'm looking forward to it yeah i'm i'm uh i'm glad you're excited about it well uh I'll, maybe i'll try to get them to send you an advanced copy when we're at that part oh, I, would, can, I, I wouldn't say no to that <laughs> do, what I can, do what i can do thank you but man. uh yeah man it was good talking to you today we can, we can up here. i'm gonna get back to work I, I can see james messaging me right now he probably wants to talk about something no doubt. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for catching us here. Of course, uh, we'll see you in March for Infinite Frontier. But in the yeah. meantime, tons of Future State stuff. Uh, Justice League, check it out. And uh, yeah, man, thanks for being here. And we'll see you guys next week. So long, everybody. Thanks.